I love the power glove. It's so bad. Welcome to Arcade Attack. Retro gaming podcast for up to four players. Hey, welcome to another arcade attack. I'm your host for today, Rob. Uh, as you can probably tell, my cold from last week hasn't cleared up. No, oh my God, that's a, that's a long cold. <laughs> One of those marathon colds that's going to last weeks, I think. But uh, with me today, Adrian. Oh, yeah, I'm here. And Keith. I'm back again. And Dylan. Hello, mate. Now, uh, I don't know how many of you, either in the room or listening at home, are aware, but we've just passed quite a momentous 30th anniversary. Oh, 30th anniversary of the release of one of the most iconic pieces of gaming equipment of all time. Oh, I do like iconic gaming equipment. Yes. Did it single-handedly change the face of gaming as we know it? That is very, very good. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it was the Power Glove, which means we are, I believe, this week, Mm. uh, marking off the 30th anniversary of one of the first proper gaming films. We are. A magical film. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> ah, I see what you did there. <laughs> Called The Wizard. Yes, yes. Now, uh, obviously, this isn't the first kind of game and film podcast we've done. We covered Street Fighter and Super Mario Brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, amazing films, both. Um, <laughs> the way we kind of did those was uh, we'd kind of talk about like how kind of the project came to be. We talk about the production, the filming, and then uh, kind of go on to what we thought of it. And yeah. then after that, all the kind of spin-offs, merch, whatever. But uh, I thought we'd kind of do things a little bit different this uh, this time we actually go thi- like do things in reverse chronological order. We fear change. Oh, what? <laughs> we don't like <laughs> change. <laughs> yeah, well, we don't like change. <laughs> so uh, we're going to start off with uh, the kind of thing that came after the wizard, but there's inherently tied in with it. Nintendo World Championships. Nintendo ah. World Championships. Wow, yeah. Talking about expensive games, I know we mentioned it before. Wow. Oh, the yeah. yeah. They they go for those go for thousands of pounds. They go for a, a million dollars. Forget your forget your rare Dreamcast games. Forget your old Mario games. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, yeah, I have prices later on. Ooh, ooh. We're going to get to that, but uh, we did cover this a little bit in our classic Tetris World Championship episode. Mm. But it actually, uh, t- like the first, the main kind of Nintendo World Championships happened in 1990. Uh, began in March, uh, touring around 30 cities in the US and the Canada for mm. qualifiers. Uh, the top two players in each age category in each city would compete against each other for the title of city champion, and the winner got to fly to Universal Studios in California for the final. Mm. Nice. Yeah, uh, I mean, how great a merchandising idea was that, right? Like, yeah. this part of like what they call the Nintendo Power Fest. Yeah. They'd pitch up at a convention center in each city, set up about 200 screens where you could play 130 like, NES games, some of them weren't even released yet. And there was like a stage show with people in Zelda costumes, like, you know, clowning around. Mm. So, you know, one for you, Adrian. Link or Zelda, or a bit of both? Uh, it just says Zelda costumes, so I imagine it <laughs> could be either. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if you're going to mention it, Rob, but it kind of ties in nicely to Sword Quest and Atari, because they kind of really got that competition going, but Nintendo took it up, and up, up a notch, didn't they, to be fair? Yeah, I think so. Like, uh, we kind of talked about the ages. It was kind of very geared to kids. The yeah. age categories, there was under 11. It was 12 to 17 years old, and there was over 18s. And the final involved a special cart, which I think you were referring to a minute ago. Oh, yeah. Now worth megabucks. 
Uh, we could compete on Super Mario Brothers, Tetris, and Rad Racer. Ninety of these uh, grey cartridges were given to finalists in order to practice on before, like the main finals. Right. And twenty-six gold cartridges to winners of a Nintendo Power Magazine competition. Mm. Yeah. Uh, anyone want to take a guess at how much uh, these are basically estimated to be worth right now? Ten grand. I don't know well, which which one, the gold one or the other one. Uh, start with the grey. But uh, but Rob, why are you on that? I always thought it was a bit unfair that the the winners of the, a real proper tournament. Got the kind of sort of not as good copy. Does that make sense? Whereas, a, what do you mean? No, well, the magazine people. Why should they get the gold ones? But I don't think anyone really realised these would be so valuable. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. Like they weren't actually kind of mementos. The only reason they got them was so they could practice. Yeah, yeah. they didn't get one for winning. Didn't just got, oh, I just thought they did. I thought that's what they won. What we're saying they were for, they were for practicing them. I know, like what, right. for if the you, finalists. Yeah, if you actually won, what you would get is you'd get a ticket, like for you and like a guardian, whatever, to go to right. like Universal Studios. You'd also get two hundred and fifty dollars and a pair of Reebok pumps. Nice. nice. Okay. Those pumps would be worth, <laughs> those. Those pumps would be worth a lot of money. <laughs> okay, so Adrian did a bit of research on this a few years ago. So I know he. I don't know if you yeah. can remember. No, but yeah, I did. Well, <laughs> I think the grey ones. Go for there's, about yeah, there's less grey. For about 10k. More grey ones, yeah. And I think the uh, gold... No, we'll get on to the golds. We're going to go for the greys first. Okay, grey 10k. £10,000. So, no, yeah. I don't know what that is in dollars. 5k. Uh, but the, the my, guess, my guess, I think it was a bit more. I think it's about £12,000. Uh, now worth estimated upwards of $15,000 for a grey cartridge. Oh, oh, ouch. Yeah. Also, I'm quite close. 12, 12 wow. grand. Anyone want to take a guess at what yeah. the last gold cartridge went for on eBay? Probably 25. Yeah, 20. Yeah, no, I think I'm not looking honestly. I think it's about thirty thousand. Uh, more than twenty six thousand. Twenty six thousand two hundred dollars, give or take. Right, wow. about they are rare, though, aren't they? Let's be honest; yeah. they're ridiculously rare. Twenty six ever made, but there might be less now. Still, just a NES cartridge. Would you even put that in your NES, though? <laughs> Would you? No, you wouldn't too, know. You wouldn't be. You'd be too scared to like ruin the contacts. Put it in stuff. a locked safe. How could you not put it in your NES? You could pretend you were in the Nintendo World Championships. Why else would you want it? Oh, oh yeah. my God. I'd need a new pair of pants, I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, like, kind of fast forward to the finals. 30 players in each category. Apparently, they start off the day by singing We Are the Champions on stage all together. Oh, God. <laughs> in uh, what was the Star Trek theatre at Universal Studios. So, oh, man, that is a, a nerdy scene, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's in this big theatre. They have a stage. There's a row of consoles on stage with everyone's name on. Nice. That's cool. I like that. That is cool. Your name is on the console, man. Yeah. And uh, you had to complete three challenges, one for each title. But there were ways to kind of game the system a little bit. So if you were practicing, you could kind of get this. Hmm. The the first level, uh, you're Mario. You have to collect 50 coins to progress to the next game. Mm -hmm. But uh, the kind of what some of the kind of kids realized was it made more sense to hit the same repeat coin block. Mm. Over and over, and then die because you have no lives. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then like go oh, back to okay. it. Ooh, yeah, yeah, that yeah. was the quickest way to do it. it. Oh, that's frowned upon, surely. Uh, no, like because apparently everyone got on really well. Like they were hanging out like by the pool and like chatting, and like they were kind of sharing their t- tips with each other. It was that's actually good. really good. It's a perfectly valid tactic. Can you imagine? I've got a really good tip. Don't you know? Get right to the end. You know, don't get any coins, but right. just stay right at the end for like as long as you can. And you know, there's something really crazy happens. That's what I'd say. Yeah, <laughs> something crazy happens. At all. <laughs> the time goes off and you lose. <laughs> it's like that was the first challenge. Second one, you had to complete uh, a lap of rad racing in the shortest possible time. Mm-hmm. Then you had to get a, uh, the highest score you possibly could in Tetris. Points in rad racer were multiplied by ten. And Tetris by 25. So there is a real incentive to get there quickly and rack yeah. up your score on the last game. So the Tetris mm. 
could get the most points, you're saying. Quite. Yeah. Mm. You want to get to that Tetris game, yeah. Mm. Dumbo, six minutes, yeah. 21 seconds to play in total, but there is no clock on screen. That's a weird time, isn't it? Why, why 21? I yeah. don't know. Like, I, I you've got 21 look. seconds to go. <laughs> <sighs> Dear Dylan, you and your jokes. <laughs> I, uh, actually, <laughs> I actually did look this up. I couldn't find an actual reason for it, but that was the amount of time. Six minutes, 21 seconds. <laughs> and uh, they would count down the last 10 seconds on stage. Like, 10... Nine. Oh, you'd so be until that countdown started, they had no idea how long was left. Yeah. Wow. Man, you'd be pissed if you couldn't count six <laughs> minutes. Still playing Mario. Like, <laughs> I'm not even playing three Damn minutes. That, that annoying kid Adrian said, wait, right, 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 <laughs> nothing's happened. <laughs> Ten seconds to go. Uh, first prize, according to Wikipedia, it was a $10,000 US saving bond, savings bond, a brand new 1990 Geo Metro convertible. So like a, kind of a, a car, but like not a great car. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> kind of like a smallish kind of thing. Like if you were kind of upper middle class kind of teenage girl, you might get this for your 17th okay. birthday. And a 40-inch rear projection TV, which 1990, that... 40-inch, yeah. that's huge. Banger, yeah. banger, bow, wow, wow. And possibly uh, the capper, a gold-painted Mario trophy. Nice. nice. One wow. is up in each age category received a thousand dollar US saving with Bond and a Silver Mario trophy. Apparently, all three winners sold the cars immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Not surprised. It sounds really bought a better one. Yeah. Yeah. You make it. It sound really shabby. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. But uh, getting on to the winners, over eighteen was a guy called Robert Whiteman. He told the pioneers of esports podcast that in his first round, a third of the monitors went out with a few seconds left. Oh, oh no. Live oh. on stage. <laughs> and he was one of the kids who uh, had to do a makeup round backstage to try and get a score up. But apparently that was a shambles as well <laughs> because they didn't tell any of the contestants when it was about to end. So they all kicked off at the end. Oh, dear. What? And uh, he basically, he, went, he thought like he kind of did a second makeup one and he, it didn't go well at all. He just thought, I've, I've screwed it up. So like he kind of went back to his seat in the audience. Then, like, they announced kind of the winners, like, the people who are progressing. It's like the, uh, the next stage. They called his name out. And he says to this day, he's not really sure why. I think maybe they took pity on him because they took his highest score that he'd got oh in the first God. makeup thing. Oh, wow. But the, anyway, like, uh, he went on to win. And then he said he was swimming in the pool the next day. And the dads, one of the other kids, swam out to him and accused him of cheating. Ouch. <laughs> That's mean. Ouch. That wow. is mean. Yeah. Dads are mean, though. Dads are mean. So, like, he went on press junkets, uh, to do, but wanted to be kind of, you know, for Nintendo to promote mm. the whole thing, mm. but always wanted to be in game development. He kept trying to break into the industry until, until uh, 2004 when he got in there, but quit after four years, and he's now a senior iOS device management engineer at Apple. <laughs> oh. Very nice, very nice. Yes. Uh, under 11, a guy called Jeff Hansen. Interesting story. He played uh, one of the, like, early kind of power fest events in Salt Lake City and did really well despite never having played Tetris before. Wow. That's mad. What? Yeah. So uh, he won a game. He's Jimmy, isn't he? Sorry. <laughs> but uh, yeah, well, we'll get on to that. But, uh, <laughs> he won a Game Boy and he started playing Tetris obsessively, like obsessively. And his parents like thought, oh, we're on something here. So they mm. flew him to Tampa for the very last stop on the tour. And he won despite the fact he was faced off not only against local people, but he was not the only kid to have this idea, like was parents to have this idea. Yeah. There apparently a lot of parents of kids that kind of finished higher from the other events were flying their kids there for the final one. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Might as well get in there, isn't it? Well, you don't win the lottery without winning, buying a ticket. So. Yeah. Or two tickets in this case. Yeah. You mean like, like, yeah, you mean like prove you come from Tampa? Like, I don't know. 
So, uh, yeah, he uh, he won his age group. He became a Nintendo spokesperson, would help promote games, like special events, that kind of stuff. I heard about that, yeah. He then went to Japan in 1992 and beat their winner on live TV. <laughs> and uh, won a wow. rematch a year later to become official world champion. He right. retired. That's not, a cool story. Yeah, he retired uh, from like competitive gaming not long after that. Founded and sold a web hosting company before he was out of his teens. Whoa. <laughs> and is now a team leader at a broadband provider. Whoa. Um, yeah. Okay, not not quite as as good, but well, still. Uh, well, I think like it's interesting kind of reading his... Uh, there's an interview in, I think, Nintendo Life, where he was saying the whole kind of like, success was never really a big thing for him. He's very active in like the uh, Mormon church, and I think like he's very family-oriented. Oh, right. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, 12 to 17 was Thor Aikland, who we mentioned in the CTWC oh, yeah. one. 13 years old, won the unofficial playoff between the three winners to become like the all nice. champion of the three. But uh, his family were pretty poor and essentially ended up relying on him for money. Like they kind of sold all the stuff he won and oh. he uh, became a spokesperson for Camerica. Can anyone know about Camerica? Yes. Um, they made all those games. They made games. <laughs> uh, they made accessories like the game Genie. That's uh, it. Also, the license for Codemasters games like Micro Machines and Fantastic Adventures. I was going to say because Game Genie was Codemasters over here, wasn't it? It was made by. Was Codemasters. it? I think so. Oh, I can't remember. I think so. Hmm. Well, for the NES or for America, one of the two. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it became like a kind of a living legend because he went kind of missing after that. The myth of his perfect Tetris game being inspiration for what became the classic Tetris World Championship and the documentary The Ecstasy of Order. Nice, about nice. We have discussed ever. this yeah. in much detail. Interestingly, like, uh, White, Rob Whiteman reckoned the World Championships were a bit of a disappointment for Nintendo because they didn't really get like that much mainstream coverage. There was no TV deal in place, for instance. Mm. But maybe in retrospect, the, that was the beginnings of like kind of proper high-level esports. Yeah, it was definitely Could, the... Yeah. Could you imagine if YouTube was around at the time? It'd be huge, wouldn't it? It was definitely the uh, yeah. the instigator of said esports. Mm. I think. Wow, yeah. Yeah, Sword I mean, Quest. Like Sword the, Quest. Oh, oh, yeah, Sword Quest. <laughs> well, like they've had a couple of uh, latter day ones. Like there's one in 2015. I think one uh, like a few months. One Nintendo ago. World Championship. Yeah. So there was definitely interest, but uh, yeah, that was kind of the overall thing that was related to the wizard. Yes. Of <clears throat> uh, getting on to the film. Uh, I know Adrian who's watched it recently me last time I watched it was probably about a year ago Rob I put my hands up but yeah a long time ago but I, you know I remember it reasonably well I think so I watched it literally this week um, in preparation oh, yeah. for, for this <laughs> podcast excellent yeah I did the, the exact same thing I uh, took a lot of notes so I thought like for we could kind of go through the film as we go kind of get your thoughts on the whole thing as, the plot, okay. as we go mm. Uh, yeah, the, the wizard starts. Opening sequence shows a lost kid wandering down the highway to California with a little lunchbox in his hand. Oh, he no. gets found by the police. <laughs> like I thought, it was a great sequence. Like they've got the setting sun, like in the background. Oh, yeah. It's just a great shot. Yeah. Kind of captures simultaneously his sense of danger that he could have been in if the sun had gone down mm-hmm. and he hadn't been found. Like also the failure of like his kind of plan, and also mm. you know the traditional passage west that kind of shaped American history. Mm. He's going to California. It's a very kind. Of, I did. I did look at a few little bits and pieces this week, and it's a very like golden sunset, isn't it? As well, yeah, yeah, top level shot. Uh, yeah. The police jeep that uh, picks him up ends up going the same way the kid was going toward the sunset, which I guess makes the, sh- the better shot, but doesn't really make sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, it turns out like this kid Jimmy, like he does it all the time. He's nine years old. He lives with his stepmother and like 
her kind of yuppie boyfriend or husband. What everyone think of Bateman, the uh, <laughs> stepdad? That's um, he's a stand-up that's dude. Chandler's boss, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even catch it is, that. It is. Yep. Yeah. Bing. Bing. Who would you rather work for? The guy, him in the wizard or him in friends? I could do with some smacks, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, it turns out like Jimmy, this kid, has been heavily traumatized by, it turns out, seeing his sister drown two years before. Oh, so heartbreaking, man. It's heavy <clears> stuff, yeah. And he has severe PTSD, which means like he obsess- obsessively wanders off and stacks building blocks all the time. Mm. Like, I mean, they didn't really s- explain why he stacks building blocks, but the film basically presents him as like movie autistic. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you movie portrayal of autism. That's what, that's what I thought it was, obviously, when I first saw mm. the film. But obviously then they explain the PTSD about him losing his twin sister, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you have to mm. remember this came out less than a year after Rain Man won big at the Oscars. Okay, so obviously so. a bit of an influence, I think. Yeah. And they just framed, framed it a bit differently. Yeah. And like the stepdad wants to put him in, quote unquote, a home, like a mental home, as nice. I think they called it. Ugh. Well, it's really sad when you see like, oh no, but you, you go through the plot. No. Nope. Uh, <clears throat> go on. So he's got two stepbrothers. Yeah, I was about to get to that. Yeah, yeah that's why I'm going to leave. <laughs> okay, but basically, uh, meanwhile, his dad is living with the other two kids. They're both boys. And uh, not doing a great job of taking care of them, I think. But like, let's, no. take a, let's take a moment here to say what a star-studded cast this was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, the star, Fred Savage, 12 years old at this point. He turned yep. 13 during the filming. Mm-hmm. Had been in The Princess Bride. Had uh, been in the film Vice Versa. Yes, I love that film. It's like a mm-hmm. uh, body swap. Thing. Oh, okay. Keith, you've never seen Vice Versa? I don't believe judge so. Ryan who? Oh, you're kidding. Oh, I <laughs> need kidding. to see it. Oh, you have to I see love it. the judge. And I uh, was on the Wonder Years in TV. Like, Wonder yeah. Years. Big name. Yeah, early. Probably the biggest child actor at the time, right? Would you say? Yeah, he was. Uh, no, Macaulay Culkin. Oh, yeah, oh, right. Fair mm. enough. Although, I think Macaulay Culkin. Macaulay Culkin would have been after. Home Alone was 1990, wasn't it? But so. Uncle Buck, I think, had already come out. Oh, by true, this point. true. There are similar level, I'd say. But uh, yeah, like uh, Fred Savage is kind of the star. The Wonder Years was on TV, and that was oh, yeah. really big the first three or four years, like oh, a yeah. huge show. Uh, older brother, Christian Slater. Yeah, oh, of course. Man. Who, despite co-starring in The Excellent Heathers a few months before, was basically appearing in pretty much anything at this point. Like lots <laughs> of kind of like dodgy straight-to-video, straight to like TV hey, movie man, kind of stuff. He needed to build up his funds. He needed to build it up his trust funds. The old, the old Slater. His next film, he was, I think, 19 at this point. The next film was uh, Gleam in the Cube, skate film. No, uh-uh. Uh-uh. Uh, that was kind of like his Black probably books. his like big break, his first like starring role where yeah. it's a real cinematic film. He's like basically he's there are a bunch of skaters and they're trying to solve a crime. I think maybe his brother gets killed or something. Okay, oh, uh, but yeah, that would probably be his big break. Dad is Bo Bridges. Bo Bridges, yeah. man, of course. Bo Bridges po- can't cook a casserole. So there's a scene. So <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, the 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 kind of like oh. Rob says that he's not really looking after them that well. It's because he tried to cook a casserole and he burnt it. And then after Christian Slater leaves the room, he then tries to try a bit of the casserole. It doesn't taste good. He pulls no. a funny face. <laughs> so, classic, classic bow. He ain't got a stew kicking then. Um, no. uh, what other, here we go, Rob. This is a good question. What other video, uh, video game film was Bew Bridges in? Bew Bridges. Bew, Bew Bridges. <laughs> Bew Bridges. I don't know. Bew Bridges. Well... Um, he, I, I, this is this is cool. Probably one of his last films because he's not alive, is he now? Sadly, is that right? Don't think so. <laughs> Have yeah. you just killed off Bo Bridges? <laughs> I don't know, but I know I that he know. was in. Are you ready for this? Max Payne, the film was he? 
He was not in Max Payne, the film movie. <laughs> he was. Get out of my I, I must double check that part. He's still alive. Oh. <laughs> that was, uh, we should cover Max Payne at some point soon. Yeah, maybe we should. And he's still alive. Bo Bridges. He's still alive, yeah. And he's still alive and he's, he wants to make Max Payne 2 and he wants to make The Wizard 2. <laughs> uh, yeah, anyway, um, Bo Bridges at this point, like a bit of a mid-level actor. Like he'd been in, kind of like had a big role in like a few films. They really made much money, done a lot of stage acting. His next film was going to be uh, the biggest of his entire career, which, like I say, his next film, he'd actually completed it before he started filming The Wizard, but it hadn't come out yet. All right. What was that? Anyone want to take a guess? Um, I can't, don't know. His it's also got his brother in, his brother Jeff. Jeff Fabulous and Bo Baker Boys. The what? The Fabulous Baker Boys. Michelle oh, Pfeiffer. Fabulous Baker Boys. So in that film, he's good at baking, but in this film, he's terrible at making casseroles. <laughs> <laughs> It's tenuous, but I'll give you it. Oh, it's going to be a long episode. Oh. <laughs> it's going to be a long... <laughs> well, I've already warned people in the show notes this is going to be a long one, so, okay. you know, they're strapped in. Anyway, uh, the family is, like, a bit fought because they're split up and Slater and Bridges. I'm just, you know, I'm just going to call them Slater and Bridges. Yeah, Slater It's not like a cop joke, don't they? Bridges, yeah. Yeah. Slater and Bridges are on the job. But, like, the, the kid is Jimmy and Fred Savage plays a guy called Corey. Corey. Oh, Corey. How 80s, <laughs> how American. It's got to be Corey. Yeah. Anyone want to name some things that rhyme with Corey? Tory. Story. <laughs> Allegory. 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 Matrimony. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Jack so and Slater and Bridges are a bit arguing with each other, and, like, Corey has really worked up, and they're going to put Jimmy in a home. So he, for some reason, decides to go to the hospital where Jimmy's being kept. He just strolls out the back with him, and they decide to go from Utah to California. Mm, as you do. They, they got, like, in a Twinkie delivery van that... I I wasn't sure they was going to California. Maybe they just got in and started driving it. Yeah. But that, no, neither of those things really makes any sense. <laughs> no, the, the whole journey and the way it starts is very odd because he throws mm. that dartboard at the map, doesn't he? And it lands in California. <laughs> and then he he says like, oh, um, he goes into that home. He goes into that hospital, which is one of the saddest things I've ever seen now. Like watching it now. Like, poor old little Jimmy is sat there watching, like, staring into space with this telly on in this, like, bleak room. And it's like, oh, my little heart. I just couldn't, like, <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't manage it. I couldn't manage it. You'd bust him out and, and I was like, yeah, bust him out of there. Yeah, but I'm like, hold on. Who's going to look after those guys? <laughs> but, like, oh. the, the bad things really annoyed me. Like, they get in the back. How did they know it was going to California or even that direction? How did they? Yeah, that was completely random. I don't know who wrote that bit of the script. But they just jump into the back of this... It's one of those cake... Oh, they also make one of those chocolate cake things, don't they? Oh, I've forgotten it. Americans would be shouting at me right now. They're hostess cakes. Hostess cakes. Hostess cakes. So, yeah, the mum and stepdad hire an investigator called Mr. Putnam. Ugh, he, looks like, he looks like Ooh. the main Nazi in Raiders of the Lost Ark, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> He's evil looking, isn't he? It's like, I make my money by bringing kids in. <laughs> I mean, that just sounds wrong. Yeah, I'm just going to call him, for the purpose of this review, the child catcher. Yeah. Okay. Fair. So they hire him to find Jimmy, but not Corey. And then <laughs> stepdad is like, oh, he wants to run away, right? Yeah, that's a bit harsh. He wants to run away, right? There's nobody trying to get him. Nice. Like, uh, the child catcher is so evil that when he sees Slater and Bridges looking for the kids later on in the film, he knifes their tires because he doesn't want them finding the kids first. He wants some money, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. And then, like, Bo takes a shovel to his car. It's just, starts, like, it's, wrecking just co- it. it's so comedic, isn't it? It's just, yeah. Yeah, so like after the kids uh, kind of get out of this van, they get they end up at a truck stop where Corey gives Jimmy a coin to play the Double Dragon arcade game. Oh yeah, this is Love where it. they discover, nice. and he gets fifty thousand. 
<laughs> How do you even get 50,000 points on Double Dragon? I played it the other day. Like. I don't even know if that's good I don't on <laughs> Double Dragon. Is that yeah, good? No one does. Uh, on the, exactly. On somehow the NES version of Double Dragon, which is on an arcade machine, is it's yeah, good. It's okay. pretty good. Well, it started out as an arcade machine, right? Yeah. I think the g- Double Dragon yeah. was an arcade game. Was course. that a direct port, though? Because I'm pretty sure the screenshots they show and the, I can't, the gameplay. I so this is the qu- one qualms I have about The Wizard. I don't know if Rob's going to mention this. I'm going to scupper this completely. Is that Jimmy plays a lot of arcade machines, which are actually just NES games in arcade cabinets. <laughs> uh, I'm glad you said that because I hadn't actually put this in the notes. But since you brought it up, there was actually a kind of proper Nintendo arcade game thing at the time where you could, they had 10 NES games loaded up and you could choose oh, trying to play. nice. Oh, so that's 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 kosher. I've, yeah, I think I've seen yeah. those online. Okay, yeah, good. Obviously, very rare. Because I was rare just very confused. I'm like, this is not yeah. an arcade game. Why yeah. You doing? <laughs> yeah, the gaming scenes are a bit inconsistent in this, but I think that is one of the ones that's kind of acceptable. Okay, the double Borderline. dragon one. Yeah, it's okay. like a precursor to the old Neo Geo cabinet. Yes, where they would mm-hmm. swap out the cards. Yes. Oh, yes. So, uh, they see, at this point, they see the police outside. It's like they kind of they try and hide. But they catch the eye of a young girl called Haley. Uh, who, you know, she's sophisticated because she's reading Cosmopolitan. She's, like, also a kid. She's also meant to be so 13. Uh, anyone know who plays Haley? Anyone know who plays Haley? Uh, it's Julie... Lu- no. Julie Rilo-Kylo. Not Juliet Lewis. No. Uh, Kylo Rilo. Other Lewis. You got the name wrong when you actually kind of wrote <laughs> did, did the, yeah. did the oh. interview. <laughs> <laughs> you got the wrong name wrong now. Jenny Lewis. Yes. Thank you, God. What's Jenny Lewis, who was uh, 13 at this point, she just had a supporting role in a film called Troop Beverly Hills and would go on to be on a TV show called Brooklyn Bridge while taking the occasional acting role. She was in Pleasantville, apparently. Mm-hmm. Okay. Before forming a hip indie band called Rilo Kylie with another child actor in the late 90s. Rilo Kylie. There you go. I prefer Kylo Rilo. <laughs> you prefer Kylo Rilo. <laughs> That's embarrassing, wasn't it? Todd actually like corrected you in that interview. No, it wasn't Todd. It was um, it was a reader. Someone commented oh, at the bottom of the interview. There, it gets some uh, some element of success before uh, she went solo in the mid two thousand. Is now an established credible solo artist. There you go. She released an album earlier this year. It was pretty critically acclaimed. That made the top forty both here and in America. So wow. you know she is kind wow. of a proper. Like, it's like her All main because job. of the wizard. All because of the wizard. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, she was a few years back. She made a video for a song called "She's Not Me" that referenced the wizard, among other kind of roles Ooh. she'd done. Uh, Fred Armisen was dressed as Corey in this video. Ooh. Well, not yeah. Has she got Fred Savage back? <coughs> Ooh. What? No, he's not in the video. He may. Have no, but you know, he could have been like in the video. saying. Ooh. <laughs> She was also in an episode of American Dad because we love that show. On I love American Dad so much. Yeah. Do you uh, you won't guess which one? So I'm just going to tell you. Go on then. It was in Merlot Down Dirty Shame, the episode where Steve is lucid dreaming. And isn't that the one where Roger hits on Francine? Yes, that, that is. Good memory. Yeah. <laughs> in your face, Robert. She is, uh, Steve, she's Steve's lab partner. Ah, there you, you go. You remember that scene? Yeah. Yes. And, he's, um, and she fakes him out. She fakes him out thinking he's dreaming and they both jump out the window, don't they? And she, yeah. gets, and she gets impaled. Oh, that's a good episode. <laughs> she, that's a good episode. <laughs> anyway, uh, they all get together while Slater and Bridges are driving around, like the three of them trying to find them, and uh, they aren't doing too well with the search. Meanwhile, Haley is convincing Corey that Jimmy is a natural, a genius, a pro, a wizard. Oh. A wizard. A wizard said coined it. it. Said, it. said it. At video games, because she's like, even I can't get that high a score. 
<laughs> he can beat her, so that's that means the acid he's test. Yeah. That's the acid test. He can beat me. Ooh, if you can get better than me, you're, you're the best game player ever. Imagine that as your mantra, Dylan. That was if, my mantra. If you're better than me, then you're the then best you're player. you're amazing. If you can beat me on baby mode, then you're the best. <laughs> so she urges Corey to enter Jimmy in the video championships contest in Los Angeles. Yes. <laughs> and she like shows an ad. Like I was just thinking... There's an ad for this in Cosmo. <laughs> There's an ad in Cosmo for this. It was the ad was everywhere. It was like every per, every person who flipped open a magazine in that mm. in that film. Boom! There, the ad for that was boom. Well, you know, Nintendo's got a lot of money. They need to get the name out, don't they? Yeah. And uh, she Cosmo. Proposed, anyway, she proposes that if she can get them to California, that that uh, she can get them to California if they split the money with her. Like he's only ever played one video game in his entire life. <laughs> He's only played one video game in his whole life, man. Could but you, the poor guy's been staring at the could you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> no, but could you imagine Nintendo's marketing department? Who spent a mil- $10 million on these bloody advertisements? <laughs> on every single... On Gardeners Weekly? What's going on? <laughs> Heads will be rolling after this. <laughs> so uh, they'll get the pack pickup truck. This is basically a road movie with a cow, I think. Cow, uh, yep. Yeah, Haley tells him she knows the highway like the back of her hand because her dad's a trucker and that she lives in Reno. You have to be very adult to live in Reno, she says. Uh, her mom <laughs> you got to be adult. you got to survive in Reno, man. <laughs> uh, her mom was apparently a showgirl. Great legs, so she says. Okay, that's the nice thing to say about you, mum. But she packed it in. It turns out later, because she, she was a gambling addict. And Haley oh. knows truckers. Man, she uh, knows. <laughs> uh. Yeah, but uh, the truckers they're with end up stealing all their money. So he's like, I thought, you, I thought you said you knew truckers. <laughs> you knew how to rip them off. Uh, so they're not hustling businessmen arcade machines, which apparently you can do. Yep. Man, <laughs> like, those businessmen are like, they're yeah. like, oh, they're salesmen. Oh, yeah, man. They'll be yeah. down with it. Yeah, they're and they're sleeping in discarded trucks and hitching rides with bikers, which, again, like, it's wrong. It's perfect. Why are these incredibly kids doing safe. this? Yep. This just is so the early 90s, Dylan. Jimmy so needs to be somewhere safe. Technically late 80s. Late 80s, was, 80s man. The seven nights in 89. All right, late 80s. This is so while they're doing all this, they come across this kid called Lucas Barton. Oh yeah, Ooh. who looks a bit like a young Corey Haim. I yeah, thought. Yeah, because they're like, you're like, they're like, someone says that you'll never beat Lucas. Yeah, they're like, where's Lucas or something? And <laughs> they're like, flash! Oh, Lucas is in the back or something. L- I thought Lucas was really cool. Lucas is a cool dude, man. Well, he's one of those guys like, like a bully, isn't he? But he's cool. He had the street cred. Hey, no, he but... would be like the most popular kid. He he was rich because he had every NES game. They yeah. said mm. he had at that point, and he had every else. he had all ninety seven games. Yeah, all, oh, right. all ninety seven NES games. That's a great memory because I've got that in my notes. All oh, ninety seven NES games, and then a box with his name printed on it, which is such a great touch. <laughs> it's like, great character touch. This. Look at my name. An actual. Power, you say it. A power glove. You say ba, ba, ba. it. <laughs> like say something. the line. I will. I will. In a sec, uh. but before that, like <laughs> the line. Like, say the, the, poke him. Say the line. <laughs> <laughs> say the line. <laughs> three, like the three kids will go. Like one of the three kids, like looking at them. Like one of them goes, "What? Like what is that?" The other one goes, "I don't know." <laughs> and like, so he puts it. Like uh, Lucas puts his power glove on. Yeah. The most amazing, so cool. Like <laughs> yeah, it's kind of pla- like yeah, plastic power like glove controller, and he plays Rad Racer, and he, you can see even though he's moving the glove, the car movements and the screen aren't time, <laughs> which is totally accurate. Of the yeah. Thing. yeah, which uh, you'll you'll see a nice flash forward to that in a, f- a few minutes when nice. we go on to talking about the power glove. Nice, but uh, once he's demonstrated his expertise, Lucas uh, Lucas says, "I'll say, I love to power glove." <laughs> 
It's so bad. <laughs> That's the best it's line so ever. Bad. It's so bad. Also, oh, but yeah. does he mean bad in a good sense yeah, or yeah. bad in a bad sense? It's like Lucas started the it's so bad, it's good thing. Yeah. yeah. I think so. He's uh, a trend this is two better. years after Michael Jackson. Oh did yeah, bad. Uh, yeah. Oh. Michael, I think Michael Jackson. Who know who's bad? Power Glove. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Michael Jackson started it. Lucas perfected it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think so. It's uh, so bad. Yeah, and I thought Clay, Haley clearly has a bad for him. Like she's like, ah, oh. she has a bit. <laughs> but then Corey doesn't like that. Yeah, Corey's like, don't. Corey what, gets don't, jelly. It's like keep your power gloves keep off her. Keep your power gloves <laughs> off her. Yeah. Bold words, Corey. Is Corey. Dork. Hey, we like Corey. Yeah. Anyway, it turns out Lucas is entering the championship too. <gasps> oh, no. That would happen. There are a couple of things wrong with that scene before you, before you continue. Yeah. The, well, actually, there's the one big one is that <laughs> the sensors aren't falling off the TV. So have you seen the angry video game nerd? Power yeah, Glove I've seen edition. It. Right. So basically, you've got to tape the things on. Otherwise, <laughs> they just keep falling off. But the one next to Lucas's TV is just so perfectly aligned mm. and so perfectly on there. I'm like, this is fake. Well, this maybe fake. Lucas just knew how to set it up properly. Ooh, maybe angry maybe video just game dissed nerds. angry video game nerd. If you just dissed him back. Well, <coughs> hey, it's, they're both films. They're both fictional, technically. They're both. I prefer, the, co- I prefer the duct tape. I prefer the duct tape aesthetic anyway. So. <laughs> well, Lucas uses super glue, so there you go. Oh, they'll never come off the telly. <laughs> No, yeah. I know what you're thinking. Having watched watching the film at this point, this is just a huge Nintendo plug. Mm. No, I wasn't or, thinking that. Okay, maybe you're not. Thi- maybe Dylan's not thinking that. Maybe you're thinking this is all pertinent to the plot of the film that they showed a power glove and mentioned their '97 NES games. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but in case you did think that, Dylan, yeah, it, 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 Dylan. while they're going along, Slater and Bridges, Slater's plugging his own NES into the TV so they travel down, like uh, <laughs> so many plugs and like and at first, like Bo Bridges is like. What are you doing that stupid thing? And then, like, he starts playing it, gets obsessed with all the games. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like NES is addictive. That's what they're trying to, like, subliminally yeah. put. Not really subliminally, but put yeah. into your mind. And uh, there's also a plug for the Nintendo Helpline, which I didn't know existed, but, like. Uh, oh, yeah, it was. Even the Sega one, they all had them, didn't they? They're staying in a hotel, and, like, uh, Haley just calls up this guy and goes, I need help with all this stuff. <laughs> so, Simon's Quest. <laughs> yeah, Simon's <laughs> Quest, yeah. <laughs> and, like, uh, he's sitting, like, in this room, and he's got, like,. He's got this kind of headset on and he's got a computer and all these like books around Oh, it cuts away yeah. to the Nintendo Helpline guy. Yeah. Okay, nice. I love how, how at no point they explain how expensive that helpline was. It was not a free number. Haley would have had not enough coins or any money or she'd now be bankrupt to, to be on there for as long as she had to be to get all the cheats for all those well, tips for all of those games. But what about all that money they won from the salesman? Yeah. Did they spend all of it on that? Uh, no, well, did. no, because they, uh, by the time they're actually kind of there, they're in Reno. Like, but after basically uh, they saw how good Lucas was, Corey wants to give up and phone his dad. He's like, I want to go home. And then, mm. but then, then Jimmy speaks. He says, What? Stuff. He doesn't want to quit. Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Your little heart. I can't think about Jimmy. My little can't take it. I just like, oh, that guy. Oh, man. So, so uh, they, hitch a ride to, they hitch their way to Reno, where Haley lives. Reminder, yeah. and she finds some trucker guy she knows called Spanky. <laughs> <laughs> Full circle, Dylan. Back to Spanky Boston. <laughs> Spanky. Who? Uh, I, I I almost shed a tear, but thank you. All right. Spanky. He goes into a casino and wins four hundred dollars because Haley sh- is also in the casino and shouts him at where to put the money. But of course, then they all get the kids all get thrown out. <laughs> but like, she takes the money. She takes all of it, but like ten dollars. She's like, here's the, your cut. 
I know, man. He's like, for ten dollars, and, like, and he just kind of because he's because he's her mate, so he don't really mind. But uh, what? Well, how, how did oh, her dad's mate? The surely. whole craps thing was just ridiculous. How she got it all right? Hard eight, hard eight, two four. Are you serious? But anyway, like, uh, yeah, sorry, th- that's sorry. how they get the money for the helpline, and yeah. they stay in the hotel. Apparently, also fine to do if your kids yeah. <laughs> stay in a hotel. I guess they this recorded the they did it in Home Alone as well, True. so Home Alone 2, anyway. Uh, yeah, so they end up having Jimmy practice in some, like, weird, bizarre kids' arcade that looks like a casino, and they're also, like, young cigarette girls. By young, I mean the same age as Corey and Haley. Go, at least that's what it looked to me. Mm. Going around selling licorice and bubblegum. Yeah. Like, but they're like the actual cigarette girls dressed as like yeah. kind of mm. cigarette girls with like, you know, long stockings and like super short yeah, skirts. That was, I think they might have been a bit older than Haley, dude. Mm. I'm hoping. I really <laughs> hope uh, they were. They were the same height and like that. Okay. It did, she did not look older. Oh, no. It was really weird. So strange. And like, uh, yeah, the whole scene was a bit. Yeah. So anyway, Slater and Bridges find out from Lucas where the kids are going. Like, they're, they're like caught in their tail. But the child catcher gets their car towed. Mm. And uh, he, he catches up with the kids first in Reno. He goes to the arcade and he apprehends Jimmy. He's gonna, like, he literally like, picks him up and is carrying him off while Jimmy's Doom. going, no! Yeah. And uh, so guess, so does anyone remember how uh, they managed to get out of this? I do, and it's still one of the most cringeworthy things I've ever seen in my I life. Reveal, reveal, tell us. I can say it. He touched my breast. No, it's Haley says. <laughs> I can't get my voice that high. <laughs> he touched my breast. <laughs> That's a far better impression. Oh no! <laughs> and uh, he gets hauled off by security. <laughs> and like uh, then, oh. like they were gonna. We Haley. couldn't really use that in a casino for someone we didn't like. <laughs> he touched my breast. <laughs> you know, I think this is a great time to disperse. That possibly, I don't know if it's the same with all three of you. I think it may have been. But I, you know, how I learned about the wizard um, from a, a part-time member of the arcade attack team, Kev, Kev who had oh, okay. had it as one of his like yeah. big kind of collection of terrible eighties VHS films, <laughs> yeah. and I remember him telling me about this film. So like, have you ever seen the wizard? I was like, no. And he was telling me about it. I thought, huh? <laughs> and then he told me about that scene. It's like okay. And then you made us watch it around your house, didn't you? This years ago. You did a film day at your old, or your oh, mum's yeah, old be, house. Yeah. And, yeah. You made us, and you made us watch The Wizard. I didn't make anyone watch anything. You did? <laughs> you made us, Rob. You, you made, made us. us watch that. Kev um, brought it over. The, it you was made us watch it, though. Record, that record. <laughs> Empire record Records. One. Yeah, that was it. Which one? Empire Records. Empire That's Records. a classic. Oh, I used to love and that. And Clerks, yeah. though. Yeah. Clerks was the best. That, that was a yes. good film day. Clerk, that was a good film day, even yeah. with the wizard. No, I like the wizard now. <laughs> yeah, you, you're a cl- <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy. So, like uh, at this point, they go to Haley's rock and mobile home. Like, who else? Her mobile home looked really cool. Yeah, it had like grass on the top, like one of those like oh yeah yeah c- like kind of oh yeah gentrified cool bars. Mm. They could like kind of sit on there, and uh, Corey gets a kiss. Yep. Ooh. Yeah, I just did not buy them as a couple. No, I know. did no. no. There was nothing. No, I mean, there's never. Like, hopefully, there's never ever chemistry with kids on the screen. <laughs> like, that you would can just have. Be wrong. Pa- yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like, not like acting chemistry, like pally chemistry, brilliant. But, but any kind of romantic scene, you have to have some kind of romantic chemistry if they're going to yeah, kiss. I Otherwise, mean, they shouldn't kiss. They're miles away. I mean, like she's clearly very a lot more mature than him as well, isn't it? Yeah, that's that's where it kind of falls down a bit. Anyway, you carry on. Uh, yes, yeah, so the film is getting a bit repetitive at this point. The child catcher again catches up with him. 
with him and like he actually kidnaps Jimmy, he takes him in the car, drives him off. Uh, but it's cool because Hedy calls the trucker friends and they ambush the car Spanky. in the road. Yeah, Spanky, Spanky and friends. There. Spanky and friends. <laughs> and do you, can you, do you know what she told the trucker friends to get them to all like uh, come and like kind of stop the child catcher? He touched, he touched my breast. breast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> do you reckon he, she actually read the script twice? You know, the wrong page twice. I oh, will keep that in. <laughs> Just say, keep saying that throughout the film now. Well, she's, she, it seems to not be the first time she's pulled that kind of thing. But anyway, uh, like, what's the truck Spanky gets out of from? Like, what else is it in? What do you mean? Another film? Or? It's another film, yeah. The same truck? <clears throat> it's the very same truck, in fact. Ooh, 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 I know. Dude. It, it, ha- it has the words, oh. Hawk Hauling, on the side of it. Is it planes, trains, and automobiles, that truck? Nope. Hmm. Hawk hauling, Adrian. I know. Oh, I know. Over film. the top. Yes. Oh, wow. Over the top. <laughs> oh my god. Over the top. Oh, I god. thought we'd stay in the truck tonight. Lots of truckers do it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's a, another eighties, late eighties film with a, oh, a child actor. Could you imagine if Stallone was in that film as like a meta, like you know, in the background, well, like a little camera? Hey, good luck, Jimmy. Oh, good luck, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> good luck, but, Jimmy. But yeah, like it actually has hawk hauling in the back. They didn't even have time to repaint the truck. Oh, that's great. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, so it's still a bit trivia. Oh, can you imagine the extended version? The director in cut. the crowd at the end, like, "Go, Jimmy! Yo, Jimmy, you did it! <laughs> you can do it!" <laughs> Am- amazingly, that's not even my favorite fact from this episode, wow. and I found a lot of good ones. Well, that's a good fact. I'll get onto the f- yeah the fact uh, in a bit, but um, anyway, they kick the hell out of the child catcher, and Spanky takes him to L.A. to this tournament. He drops him off at Universal Studios for this tournament, which is called Video Armageddon. Nice. Ooh. It's at Universal Studios in Hollywood, again, which... Uh, what is unrealistic about Video Armageddon? What is the most unrealistic thing about the competition? Uh, most unrealistic thing about the competition? No, the people not. competing in the competition. Oh, there's a girl in it? About half the competitors are girls, <laughs> yeah. Keith. Is it really that many? Because when I rewatched bits recently, I only watched like the, the very, very end. It looked like at least a so, third, okay. but... Uh, yeah, um, I've seen some of the footage of the National Video Game Championships. I don't think there's any no, women there. <laughs> I don't think there are any girls in there. No. <laughs> None of the boys look like the boys. They look, they look like the kind of boys you expect to be in this competition. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put it that way. Uh, anyway, like, basically, <laughs> us as kids, basically. <laughs> anyway, they play uh, the first game they're going to play because they don't know until they get there. That's why they've had to have Jimmy Paxson in every NES game there is. How many games is that again? 97. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, the, well... Is it 97? We'll, we're going to find out. Ooh. But the first game they have to play is Ninja Gaiden. Mm. Or, as the guy who's uh, the announcer <laughs> pronounces it, Ninja Gaiden. Hi! <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the right pronunciation, Gaiden to be honest. Right, yeah. Gaiden. Yeah. Hi! <laughs> is optional. <laughs> so anyway, like, they kind of, they uh, play off on Ninja Gaiden. And uh, Lucas and Jimmy, it turns out, are two of the three finalists. They Ooh. both get through to the final with a girl called Moa. <laughs> yeah. Did you want to see more of Mora, <laughs> No, I'm not convinced Mora was a girl. Oh, <laughs> Ouch. Am I might be really mean. Yeah, but you are. Because, yeah, yeah. again, I was watching just, like, clips of it. I thought it was a boy. With, like, she had plaques. pigtails. Yeah, well, so? <laughs> she had pigtails, bro. <laughs> oh, oh, Keith. I, I'd like to see the Moira <laughs> spin-off film, wouldn't you? How she got there. Mora. Can you imagine? Mora, Mora. firstly, never (laughs) pronounce my name wrong. That's the first thing that happens. And she has to call her trucker friend. um, She had to get in the back of a Twinkie (laughs) truck. Yeah, she had to get back of a Twinkie truck to get to California (laughs) through Reno. Can you imagine? Yeah, I'd I'd watch that spin-off film, wouldn't you? Yeah. 
So, Adrian, how many games are there on the NES? <laughs> 97. Wrong. Ooh. Because at this point, <laughs> they're the last three, and the host tells them they're going to have to play a new game that no new one's game. ever played before. No one no. has ever played this game before. Drop, jaws were dropped. We, we can come back to what that is. Yeah. Because meanwhile, the child catcher has arrived at the the uh, video arm again. But so as the mom and the stepdad, like they're there, and he sees him, he goes like. I've found them. They're right here. <laughs> <laughs> Give me my money. Good job. <laughs> like, here's a question. How long has it been now since they got they, uh, they hired him to find the kids? Because they, they say, you told us you'd have them back in hours. How long has it been? Because they actually say in the film. How many days? Years. A week. <laughs> nine days. Nine days. <laughs> I, mean, it is, I mean, nine days does equate to some hours. A hundred many hours. Two hundred, two hundred something hours. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think once you get past twenty-four, you've really got to count counting days. days yeah. Surely it's it's, it's subjective. More manageable. Rob. It's 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 subjective. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Lucas has brought a bunch of cronies along. One of which looks a bit familiar. Who who could one of his cronies I be? I know. I know. This it gang is. looked familiar. Why? I don't know. Didn't know why. Though. Oh, I think I, know, I think I know. Yeah, certain Spider-Man is Tobey right? Maguire. Yeah, Tobey Maguire. Oh, yes, Tobey Maguire. Yeah. Apparently, he was visiting a friend on set who was actually in the film and somehow got to be in the movie as like an extra. That's great. <laughs> yeah, no speaking lines, but he was there and... That started his movie career. Yeah, it did. Like uh, the first we- time he was on screen. Yeah. They were like, wow. that guy's Spider-Man. They're like, <laughs> yeah, that's him. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, like I was kind of, I was watching a video, I think someone did an interview with him, I can't remember who it was, uh, and they asked him about this and he said like, yeah, he got to know Jenny Lewis on set and they ended up being good friends. Ooh, nice, wow. nice. Good links. Yeah. Well, I mean, Toby Maguire's career is, at least to some extent, knowing the right people. Yeah. That's He's part of uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's Pussy Posse. That's what it's about. The pussy. pussy. Yeah, the Pussy. Yeah. I mean, the Pussy, the Pussy Posse. Yeah, those two, <laughs> Lucas Haas, a uh, bunch of other kind of kid actors, I guess. Yeah. Uh, anyway, like, Lucas is spooked. So, uh, like, he's, so, he's spooked, like, he, the... You know, maybe Jimmy's better than him. <gasps> what, what, oh, right. Yeah, he's yeah. doubting himself. <clears throat> so when he sees a child catcher outside, he knocks out the kids immediately. Like, he's like, hey, these kids you, this kid you're after, he's right here. <laughs> well, <laughs> damn you, Lucas. He's a douchebag, isn't he, old Lucas? He's a douche. <clears throat> he looks hey, cool, but he's a douche. When by any means possible, any means necessary. Yeah, Sweep the nine. leg. Sweep the, the <laughs> leg. Yeah. yeah, he is kind of like Unplug. the 80s blonde villain. Yep. Unplug the controller. <laughs> no, that's Rob's trick. <laughs> <laughs> Unplug the daisy chain. And uh, by this time, yeah. Slater and Bridges have also arrived, culminating in like, this big chase chain. scene involving Universal Studios' tram ride. Ugh. There's a fun bit with a tour guide describing a film called Mayhem and Monte Carlo, which is supposed to be a romantic comedy starring Zsa Zsa Gabor and Pee Wee Herman. Would you uh, watch that? What? <laughs> no, thanks. No. <laughs> no. Can you imagine if it was greenlit in the studio? What a great film we got here. But uh, yeah, the child catcher like, uh, chases the kids like on this tram while they're being chased by Bridges of Slade. He, ch- he chases them like all throughout uh, kind of like the back bit. And then uh, they kind of go... <clears throat> they, kind of, they kind of go in this like top room and they can see below like, Video Armageddon's about to start again. Like, only the two kids are on stage. Jimmy's not there because he's, he's being chased. No! And uh, so, so, like, they managed to kind of get in this, uh, this like, little service elevator going down, like, as a ch- so the child catcher can't get them. Nice. And then, like, they do the countdown, and they get to, z- like, 10, 9, 8, whatever, and zero, and Jimmy's not there. Oh, no. He's not there. Like, he can't oh. compete in the finals. So, like, uh, 
just the other two on stage. So it, this is when they have the big reveal of what the f- secret game is. No. And it is. It is. Keith. Drum roll. Keith, what is Super it? Super Mario Brothers 3. Correct. Wow. And now they have this big reveal where like the kind of... These doors open like a puff cool. of like yeah. uh, dry ice. Yeah. <laughs> and Jimmy's there. He's with the game. He can compete after all. He's finally there. Oh, phew. Thank uh, God he's there. So like the kind of thing is they each have 10 minutes to do a points chase. Like mm. who can get the biggest score. And by this time, all the parents have come to watch. And like they're right in front of the stage mm. with Corey and Haley. And everyone's like, wow, that's so cool and impressive. I can't believe he can do that. Mm. Like and they're all shouting advice for a game they've never played. <laughs> Someone who's meant to be like a legit gaming get prodigy, the star! like get that's the, the magic star! flute. Use it; it opens yeah. the door. <laughs> Everyone watch, knows that. Watch out for the mushrooms! Watch out for the mushrooms! It's like was definitely shouting that. How do they? Yeah, how do they know? How do they know about the magic <laughs> Brand flute? Brand new game. Ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, game. Flute. Oh my god! <laughs> anyway, uh, possibly because of their distractions, Jimmy keeps dying. He no, falls no. far behind in the points chase, but he pulls things back and he manages to warp the extra points. Warp, warp, warp. Meanwhile, the commentator who keeps getting like all the action wrong, <laughs> he's shouting like they're finishing World Two, and the screen clearly shows World One. I know, I know, that's really cringy. <laughs> and uh, like anyway, Jimmy finishes the level and he gets to start the last second of the contest to go into first place and win. Yeah! And like everyone loses their shit, even the child catcher's going, "Yeah, I know that kid. <laughs> I've, been, I've been trying to catch that kid." <laughs> He's my most famous, most famous video game champion of never. Like, hey. and then uh, Jimmy just about manages a proper smile. He, yeah, yeah, little it's smile. It's a bit like Chandler smiling in his. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which gears which up for the ending. And uh, if you're listening and you don't want to hear about the ending, you can, I guess, fast mute forward. This. No, five mute minutes. it for about a minute. <laughs> it works either way. Yeah, skip on about two three minutes. So, uh, yeah, it turns out, like, they're kind of all traveling back. And, um, <coughs> like, Jimmy starts going, California, California. <laughs> and, she, and, like, uh, like the mom's, the stepdad, like, goes to the stepdad, stop the car, stop the car. And, like, the, the other kind of, everyone else is behind them, like, uh, like the other kind of kids and uh, Bo Bridges, like, they stop the car. And, like, they stop in front of these big concrete dinosaurs. Yeah. Anyone want to take up what happens next? Oh, it's hazy. No, I can't. I can't. It's good. Still, you saw he it runs into the dinosaur and they all go chasing after him. You come back, Jimmy. Where you? Come Don't go to the dinosaur. He's he's like <laughs> but the dinosaur is like a gift shop, isn't it? It's like a, it's kind of it's it's kind of a gift shop. Yeah, it's like an attraction. It's like kind a, of thing. you walk into the dinosaur and it's the gift shop, and then like Jimmy like opens up his like little like. <laughs> well, you kind of start the important thing. Like, they're there, and like, Corey's saying, Wait a minute, we've been here before. Yeah, and like, in the photo. Uh, he takes all these photos from his lunchbox, and like, he looks at him, and there's a picture of like the family as they used to be oh. with the kid. Like, they're all there. And like, Corey's such exposition, like, you wanted to come here all the time so you could <laughs> drop off your memories <laughs> in this place, the last place we were all happy. Oh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> and then, like, then the mom is like, "Oh, I get, I get it now. It's like you, you should go off with the rest of the family." <laughs> oh, Jimmy, and he, and he finally the got dinosaur. there. He <laughs> wanted to go back to the dinosaur because of his dead sister. This is too much, man. I can't. I can't. I couldn't handle it. I couldn't handle uh, it. The other film ends with the car going into the sunset. That's it. The wizard. Yeah. Although no, it couldn't be going to the sunset because they were going east home and sunset to the west. Sundown. Um, Away from the sun. (laughs) 
Anyway, they go home. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's the last they shot of the film. <laughs> now, um, you know, like we, uh, I can't remember what it was. Like, I think maybe Nintendo Life did an interview with um, Todd Holland, like going to depth of the film. It was some gaming website. I can't mm. remember what it was. And uh, apparently, Todd. <laughs> no, it was Adrian. Adrian Ar- interviewed Todd Holland for Arcade Attack. Yep. It wasn't Arcade Attack, was it? <laughs> it was, yeah, it was. Those it, hacks. It, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, we can go into like Todd Holland in a bit. But apparently, Todd Holland had to fight for the ending. Because. Mm-hmm. Yes. The, uh, do you want to. Shall I say it or do you, you want to. Blah, 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 you do it, Rob. Uh, the studio, like, he really didn't get on with the studio during filming. And they mm. wanted the ending to be like. He wins at the gaming, like the kind of the get like video yeah. again, and that like that was it. That was it, yeah. It and then sense. they like, read yeah. out every every one of the ninety seven current NES games in order. <laughs> yeah. but no, like, that's but, what they wanted, and that makes them better. And like uh, Todd, Todd was like, "No, we can't have this ending. Yeah. Like, it's got to be the dinosaur. It's yeah. got to make sense without like it's got to be deeper than the whole kind of thing." And yeah. apparently, they uh, there was some, like he had some dispute with the writers or someone like, and they had to basically just go in there. Shoot it, the actual thing in the dinosaur. Yeah, because they shot, shot it in like the dinosaur. Such little time in the dinosaur, and like he basically just told them, "This is what you have to say," because they didn't mm. have a script, a wow. hard script. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they kind of, imp- I guess, semi improved it. Mm. But co- I'm going to say something controversial. I don't think that's a good ending. Rob, oh, shut your face. No, yeah, without that ending, it, you could, I love that you could just literally accuse the film of being a Nintendo advert. But At least with that ending, it's trying to become a bit deeper. But with that ending. What's the whole point of the Nintendo stuff in the film? Why do they have to journey to the Nintendo? They could have just gone straight to the dinosaur. Yeah. But Jimmy couldn't tell them that it was a dinosaur. Yeah, Jimmy didn't discover himself again without becoming good at video games. Basically, basically, (laughs) Jimmy was just living out Corey's fantasy, wasn't he? Like being an awesome like video game thing, and and like and then he like took like Haley's idea and like, oh yeah, I'm going to force Jimmy to do this. But Jimmy just wanted to go to the dinosaurs the whole time. And so Jimmy was like, because he loves Corey so much and he's so amazing, he just like, just did it. Or, and then like, when he saw that dinosaur, he's like, that's California. And like, <laughs> Look, there's a, really, uh, there a really easy way to end this film. You have like, uh, Jimmy win like, video Armageddon. And then like, he sees, the, just like Rocky Five, he sees the ghost of like, Jennifer. Oh, and don't she do gives, the ghost. And, and yeah, she gives no. him a thumbs up. And he's like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> No, no. What, what Rocky no. Fight? no, no. When uh, the ghost well, of the, the Return of the Jedi, no. around the campfire, <laughs> yes. no, no, no. Yeah, no. there wasn't enough ghosts in the wizard. No. <laughs> no. You know, uh, by the way, I'm, I'm glad I subconsciously brought this up because I'm a bone to pick with you, Adrian. Oh, here we oh. go. Adrian guested on a Rocky, uh, like a Rocky podcast. I'll give it a little a plug. Back. I've listened Let's to give it. A plug. It's Let's called give it Going. Up. It's called Going the Distance Rocky Podcast. Have you listened to Stillen? I have listened to the whole thing, Rob. Don't worry. <laughs> and. Like, I've got a bone to pick with you, Adrian, oh, because yeah. <laughs> Adrian was on there defending Rocky Five. Yeah. And a, a film Which is virtually fine. In, no, it's By virtually itself. indefensible, but. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I, I can deal with that yeah. by itself. But then, the hosts were Duncan and Rocky Four, and Adrian was like, going, Yeah, I guess you're right. It is kind of jingoistic and stupid. <gasps> How dare I you? Think, <laughs> I want to say that Adrian was just being polite to Ryan. No, I, no like, I, I'd see what it is. They got to Adrian. They, <laughs> they got to you. Like that's why you don't. They oh, got to you. Oh, like Rocky Four's Reagan or propaganda. <laughs> I'm not allowed to like it. It's like well, you know all this kind of stuff. Like the commies got to you. Yeah, <laughs> that's why. That's that's why. Like in advance, what you're going. You got to watch this comrade. I mean, Rob. <laughs> you got to listen to my thing in Rocky Five. Well, no, I, to defend Ryan a little bit because. 
Rob, I've listened to all the episodes, and he does like Rocky Four, but it, it, you know, he, it's not like he was having a go at it per se. He was just saying it was a little bit cheesy. Cheesy. <laughs> Yeah, I can't, guys, we're getting can we get diverted here, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, let's. Uh, I feel like we could talk about Rocky we'll, we'll another take, time. Take this up off air. Yeah, <laughs> let's uh, go back to the wizard. <laughs> what did everyone think of the wizard? I uh, like it. Mm. I like that film. I know it got really bad reviews, but I like it. Expand, can you expand on what you liked about it? So, I <laughs> Jimmy, I think no, it's a good story. I like how um, I, I, that the, the whole Jimmy thing yeah does get to me a little bit, but. I, th- I like I like the looking back at it now I think seeing all the old video game footage and the power glove and all of that is really good for us retro gamers obviously uh, I think the Bo Bridges Christian Slater double act is brilliant yeah they I do work well together the way they kind of yeah they've got like such good chemistry as father and son well, Maybe more as buddies more than father and but father and sons are buddies. Yeah, I thought Slater was just oozing star quality in this. Yeah, you could tell he you was going to be huge. They were always yeah. really. I mean, lo- a lot of the scenes were maybe too long. Like there were bits where like Haley and Corey would just say like rubbish and then just kind of sit around. And I feel like they could have delivered. There was about twenty minutes of the film that could have been chopped off. Mm. But I like I like I like that bit and I like the ending and I like okay the the game tournament bit probably wasn't filmed. As well as it could have been, um, yeah. but I don't know, man. I like it. I, th- I think I, it's a. F- it's a, even watching it the other day. It's a fun. It's a fun slash totes emotion film yeah. to watch. Yeah, I think it's got layers to it, and actually, it has got layers. Just because we're on it, and I need, you know, I'm, not, uh, I'm going to say it. Rocky is not really a boxing film, is it? <laughs> Come on, no, it's not. Rocky's about finding your, your your journey in life, finding your way through. Loves it, the context for it, and it, Wizards a bit like that. The video games are just part of the not not the main part of the story in my eyes. A conduit, yeah? they're a conduit. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, you, I think I think yeah. so. I think so. the wizard to the status of Oscar winning. No, I, no, Rocky. I'm not going that far. <laughs> but Keith, wouldn't you say it's a touching story though? Uh, no, that's rubbish. <laughs> Oh, you suck. <laughs> no, I don't <laughs> like it. It's it's it like you said before though, it's it's very nostalgic for us yeah. and it is cool to see all the old Nintendo stuff. It's mm. I don't know if Rob's gonna mention it um it would this was how Super Mario Brothers Three was introduced to North America. Yeah. This would have been the first time everyone up, saw it. Nintendo What we're we're gonna get onto that oh, okay. Um, oh, okay, quite shortly. Um but yeah, I mean it's, it's a nothing film really. It's just oh. it's just an advert. It's but you know, Keep your band. Get out. <laughs> I mean, I, if I can kind of, I think there's good points and bad points. It's better than I remember it being actually. Like, really, I thought. Uh, I think uh, as we've got older, I think we can appreciate more about it. Um, I, there are kind of shots I liked. I liked kind of the acting. I thought was pretty good all along for the most part, all the way through. Like, uh, I thought Fred Savage was miscast. Kind of, he spends all his time lugging around a skateboard and a walkman, but he just never co- comes across as being. That kind of like cool kid. Mm, no, yeah. Uh, I just didn't buy the we've got a kiss from Haley. Like, but yeah. you know, it's a good dynamic. I like you know all the characters kind of feel three dimensional as well. Like they all they're all different from each other. They all have their own distinct motivations okay. and yep. characters. I quite like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like good acting. Bro Bridges is obviously a pro. Like I think seeing Bridges and Slater here, I've got it written down. It's a bit like watching a championship football team with an amazingly talented teenager on loan from a Premiership club and an old pros play at the top level for mm, years. Yeah. They kind of elevate everyone around them. Like Slater actually has tears in his eyes in the final scene of the dinosaur. It's such a pro. Mm. Yeah. And I thought Jenny Lewis was great too for someone who didn't end up being like a big kind of star. She just comes across as really charismatic in the film. 
Uh, I thought it was a pretty good soundtrack as well. It does feel like a real road trip. Mm. Good scenery shots, like there's sunlight everywhere. You feel like you're passing through these bits. Mm-hmm. Like there's a shot where they pass the VW Beetle, like as kind of a montage thing. It's been mm-hmm. refashioned as what looks like a cross between a War of the Worlds pod and a Louis Bourgeois spider sculpture. <laughs> wow. yeah. yeah. Although it's actually came out before those Louis Bourgeois. She's, it inspired yeah. it, Lol. Uh, it looks awesome. Like, this period, kind of mid-80s to mid-90s, you get a lot of those Western road movies, mm. like alternative road movies, like Near Dark, My Own Private Idaho, even Cargo's yeah. Get the Blues. It kind of fits into that. Like, uh, yeah. yeah, Dinosaurs, fun fact, also in Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Yes. Oh. And there's also, on in that film, because you're talking about the chase on like the back lot of Universal Studios, there's something similar in that. Oh, I okay. used to watch that Pee-wee film when I was a kid. Nice. It's the one where his bike gets stolen. Uh, we it's mentioned some of the games there in the film. Uh, do you want a semi-complete list? The games I can spot. Go on. Uh, Double Dragon. F- mm. What is apparently is F1 Dream, though it looks more like an Out One clone. Could have been an arcade version of Rad Racer. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on the NES. Mm-hmm. Mega Man Two, Metroid, RC Pro Am, Contra, uh, Super Mario Two. Yeah, and of course Ninja Gaiden. Ninja Gaiden. Ninja Gaiden. <laughs> so uh, yeah, get on to production. You mentioned Super Mario 3. How long had Super Mario 3 been out at this point when The Wizard came out? I think a while, hadn't it? I think they kind of... They, the advertising went wrong for some reason. I saw kind it, of blurry now. It wasn't out in America, was it? Uh, Keith is correct. It would have been mm. out in uh, Japan for 14 months. Mm. Yeah, it was a long gap between it coming out in Japan and, and North America. It would not come out in mm. America until February 1990. Mm. You wouldn't want to take a guess when it came out in Europe? 90... 90, mm. That's not a year. 92. <laughs> August 91, but That's like still a long time. Yeah, it was a but long Rob, time. But Rob, was it postponed on purpose to tie in with the film? Apparently or? there's a shortage, according to Wikipedia, there's a shortage of ROM chips, which led to a lot of American wow. games being delayed. That was it. The so ROM chip thing. With the year or so's notice, they decided to kind of bad see if they could make a film year. to promote it. Yeah, poor poor ROM harvest. Rom harvest. <laughs> not I mean, enough rain. <laughs> although I haven't said that, Wikipedia also says that Nintendo was approached by Tom Pollock, who was then chairman of Universal Studios. Because he wanted to do a film like referencing the World Video Game Championships. Mm. But they didn't start until March 1990, three months, uh, months after the film came out. Mm. So how could that work? I, Who's time, idea travel. time travel, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's confusing Been to, to the future. <laughs> like, Tom Pollock, that's a vague side point, originally entertainment lawyer, he negotiated George Lucas's deal in Star Wars. Uh, at this point, he was two years into a successful decade-long stint at Universal that largely focused on family crowd pleasers, oh. like uh, a few Spielberg things, Jurassic Park being the biggest. Oh, okay. Well, Robert Z- Zemeckis worked with Spielberg, and he did Back to the Future. So there you Zemeckis, go. Yeah. Time travel. Time travel. That's nice, a, nice, had a nice DeLorean. Link. Nice link. <laughs> yeah, uh, same studio as well. Yeah, so that's how he found out about the championship. <laughs> Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. Like it just—it's confusing to me. Uh, Six million dollar budget, which wasn't huge, but they did manage to get a good cast. I think mm. you can agree. Uh, directed Todd Holland. Uh, we, as I say, there's an interview with him on the website. There might be a link in the show notes. I'll put a link in the show notes. Don't worry. Yeah, I mean, like uh, it's a good get because he never made a big in Hollywood, but he did end up as a top TV director. When I say top TV director, he won three Emmys for The Office and Malcolm in the Middle. Oh That's wow! Like amazing. And I'm talking about real Emmys, real Emmys, not daytime Emmys. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And uh, anyone want to find, you know, see anything interesting about the character of Jimmy? How the kid looked and acted? Maybe not acted, but how he looked. Very much like Dewey in Malcolm in the Middle. Mm. Is that the only thought yeah, that? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah I, I could get that, that, yeah. 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 Inspiration for Dewey. Savage at the beginning was really the only actor attached. Uh, Luke Edwards was cast as Jimmy. He'd done the odd TV thing, a couple of episodes of Roseanne. But not really much before, not much after. 
He was uh, afterwards. He was in the early series of a TV show called Malloy, with a pre, with a pre blossom Mayim Bialik. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's doing all right now. Yeah. She's uh, been in a big bang, obviously, and mm-hmm. a pre Ferris Bueller's Day Off. So pre Ferris Bueller TV series. Wow. Big distinction there. Jennifer Aniston. There you go. And uh, there is an Irani Quaid vehicle called Davis Rules on TV, which I've never heard of. <laughs> Uh, interesting. This is my favorite fact in the entire thing. The world of Jimmy. Nelly went to a guy called Lee Hartney, who is an Australian punk band called the Smith Street Band, which is amazing because I think I may be the only person in the room or listening who's even heard of the Smith Street Band, let alone actually seen them live. Uh, <laughs> there we oh go. wow, that's a good link. Yeah, I like that. There you go. Nice. Wow. Uh, the film was envisaged, envisaged as a gaming version of Tommy by the Who. The film. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like Pinball Wizard. Pinball Wizard. Oh, right, he, he's deaf, dumb, and blind, but he plays a mean pinball. Oh, yep, yep. There you go. Uh, you you said like you felt it was about twenty minutes too much in the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, the original cut was two and a half hours. What? Oh my god! Uh, but Holland had to was under contract to deliver a ninety minute film. Corey had a bunch of friends at the start of the movie who were cut out. There, all their scenes were cut out. Completely. Oh, poor Corey. Oh. Well, I'd say poor his friends. Poor Corey's yeah, friends. They were cut out. Yeah. Yeah, a lot about like Corey and Jimmy's home life just was completely cut. Uh, Holland said production was rushed. Like there was only five weeks uh, in pre-production of the film Whoa. after he was signed on because of Savage's one-year schedule. And uh, yeah, he really didn't get on with the studio. According to, he told Adrian, like mm-hmm. he disagreed on the ending, like uh, a lot of the thrust of the film. But Nintendo apparently were fine, oh. like no problems at all. It's it's like. Capcom were fine with Street Fighter, weren't they? They were quite happy with it. Yeah, yeah. So it's odd, isn't it? Mm. And Nintendo were quite happy with the Super Mario. Oh, Nintendo and films. Anyway, <laughs> they're like, oh look. You feel like these days there'd be more create, walk like studio control, executive mm. control. Mm. Uh, it was released on December fifteenth, nineteen eighty nine. Did a fourteen point three million dollars box office, according to Box Office Mojo. Yeah. Uh, Holland told you it was thirteen million, but maybe they uh, underscored it because he had net points in his contract. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Who knows? Uh, at least a couple of weeks after Back to the Future 3, which only did middling business, anyway, and uh, about a month after Little Mermaid. So pretty mm-hmm. steep competition for the Christmas mm-hmm. family mm-hmm. kind of market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big movies like Christmas, interesting enough. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Ooh, nice. Uh, and War of the Roses. Has anyone seen that? Yeah. Yeah, that's a fun film. It's a great it's film. A fun. Fun film. Probably ready dated now, but... Uh, yeah. yeah, like 14.3 on a $6 million budget. Sounds okay to me, but uh, Holland was telling you it really it was a big disappointment. Yeah, well, he's, he a, he's a proud man. What can I say? Yeah, uh, and we mentioned the reviews. The reviews were not kind at no. all. Reviews, no, it's uh, got it's Rotten Tomatoes is really bad, isn't it? It's uh, four point two, I think. Well, that's something harsh, like that. Yeah, uh, I've got a Roger Ebert, probably the premier film uh, reviewer in America at that time, gave it one star. Ow! Do you want to hear an excerpt from his review? Yes, please. Well, no, I'm be angry I don't want to hear this. Yes. Well, <laughs> yes, bring it on, says Keith. <laughs> anyway, maybe, maybe he'll make you see the film that you like. Maybe you'll hate it as much as he does. Well, let's, let's see what kind of Robert's, Robert's got to say then. <coughs> Roger. <laughs> it's like the third or fourth time you've got someone's name wrong in this episode. <laughs> in an age where child abduction is a subject of half TV docudramas and all of the milk cartons, how are we supposed to blind ourselves to the central fact of this movie? Which is that a 13-year-old boy and his 9-year-old brother, accompanied part of the way by a 13-year-old girl, managed to walk, hitchhike, and con themselves all the way from Utah to the National Video Game Championships in L.A. The movie is filled with shots of these little kids walking down highways and hitching rides and walking into bars and video parlors and Reno gambling casinos. There wasn't a moment when I didn't question the sanity of the film and fear for their safety. 
It was only after the three kids arrived safely at the championships and I began to question the ethics of the film, which is, among other things, a thinly disguised commercial for Nintendo video games and the Universal Studio Tour, Adrian. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> It's a Hollywood film where fantasy is possible. Fantasy is possible, man. There's but no milk carton. You don't think it was a bit dodgy? Movie? These kids were like wandering around like in public. And mm. here's a question for you. <laughs> do you think if the char, you, that char catcher was really dodgy, wasn't he? Of course he was, yeah. Here's a question for other people. Do you think if he actually had managed to have caught the kids, he would have done anything dodgy with the kids? <laughs> oh, man. I don't Why know. you go in there? Right? I hope I not. Don't go there, man. Let's not go there. Okay, well, I'm not going to give my opinion, but... uh, (laughs) Yeah, uh, and last up, this was one, I know at least one person will know this. Which TV show did an amazing tribute episode to The Wizard? It's been mentioned in a recent episode we did. Someone else mentioned it. (laughs) Who mentioned it? It's a cartoon. Oh, I know. Um, It's um, that film I like. um, Not film, cartoon I used to watch. Uh... With uh, the, the the animals, the things. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that knows it down. I'll, t- I'll tell you. Say so, yeah. What was it down? Regular show. That's it. Yeah. Regular. They do this uh, this great episode where they go off to compete. They go on a road trip to compete in uh, yeah. this video tournament for the maximum glove. Yeah. <laughs> maximum. Maximum. Oh, it's a great episode actually. That one. <laughs> Keith and Dylan, why aren't you saying maximum? <laughs> yes, it is. Gr- it is a great episode. Why do friends? <laughs> I've got to watch it again now, Rob. It's been a while since I've seen regular show, truthfully. Yeah, Yeah, I think it got a bit dodgy later on, but that was a great episode. So, obviously, we mentioned it's a big advert for Nintendo, but what specifically, apart from Super Mario 3? Power Glove. Power Glove. It's a bad. And Rad Racer. Has has anyone in this room actually used a Power Glove? Does anyone love to Power Glove? No. No. I've never had one. I mean, just after seeing the Angry Video Game Nerd video, I'm like, I would never, ever (coughs) even try it. I mean, you can't even, like, you have to duct tape everything to the TV and, uh, you know. Yeah, but you've you've said duct tape a few times, and every time you say it, I want to go, a woo. It makes me think duct tapes. <laughs> duct tape. <laughs> woo. Okay. Well, here's a question. Who developed the power glove? I don't think it was Nintendo, was it? It wasn't it, Nintendo. Ooh. Was it America? Was it? No. Oh, it's a toy company, wasn't it? Um, Hasbro. Mattel? Uh, close. There was a company called Ab- Abrams Genteel Entertainment, which was formed out of the ashes of a bankrupt action figure and doll company Kenna. called Amigo. Oh, okay. Uh, they had, and also they had some experience in film poster design. They designed the posters for First Blood. Oh, lovely. Ooh. And uh, for The Wizard. The Wizard's got a great poster. Oh, yeah, it's a good poster. Yeah, it's great, yeah. Uh, and it was released through Mattel. Like, they kind of signed a deal and uh, they like, engineers kind of worked them together. Mattel, obviously, you're not really known for gaming outside the Intellivision, mm. which apparently ended up losing $280 million. Oof. <laughs> uh, oh, rest- my God. I think it's Wrestling with Gaming, like, did a great uh, episode of The Power Glove. I've cribbed some information from that. But uh, further development by Thomas G. Zimmerman and Jason Lanier. Two guys who'd met in Atari. They were laid off in 1983, like many other people. Mm. And they formed their own company called VPL Research, who were more or less the first company to develop virtual reality goggles and gloves. Oh. It used Ben's sensor technology, which apparently AGE held the pattern on, they claimed. Technology involved ultrasonic transmitters that tracked hand movement and finger flexing. So they created something called the Data Glove already, which is used by an artist to control robots. Like it was a ready high tech kind of thing. Okay. Data Glove. It had a resolution of eight bits per finger. But mm. how do you keep costs down? Like when you basically get to, when I say keep costs down, a Data Glove typically costs $10,000. 
per glove. Um, right, that's a problem, isn't that's it? Yeah. Slight problem. Lucas could have afforded it. I suppose it, the way he? you take it down is to remove all of its features. <laughs> take out the bits that work. <laughs> take out the bits that work and leave the cheapy, crappy bits in. Well, yeah, pretty much. Like, uh, the data glove could track hand movement up and down, side to side, and rolling. Nice. But the power glove can only track roll. Oh. That's why uh, Lucas is doing like he's yeah, like yeah. doing with a like a steering wheel, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, uh, the power glove had two ultrasonic transmitters on top, and you had to set up a receiver system around the TV, mm. uh, which doesn't hang on the TV. AGE managed to put together a prototype in a month that Mattel could show the December nineteen eighty eight CES, like to get all the kind of orders for next Christmas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like inside a month, they're under a lot of pressure to deliver this, but the problem was it didn't really work. The oh. uh, the kind of prototype they had didn't really work. So you know what they did. You know, you were saying earlier about like uh, they had kids in the back playing the game and the film no. was in. Uh, they hired a child actor to pretend to play it while someone in the back was really playing the game using an Amiga. Oh, no. <laughs> that's so bad, isn't it? That's I mean, so bad. That's, ac- that's actually fraud, oh, wow. isn't it? Well, that's yeah, bad. And uh, actually, it was, I mean, you, it was really obvious. Like, everyone could tell right away. Actually, that's not, that's the complete opposite happened. No one could tell, <laughs> amazingly. Like,. <laughs> Uh, guess how many orders they got off the back of CES for uh, the power glove? A thousand. Nothing. No, more than that. I'm going to say... Half a million. Half a million, Keith. No, I'm going to say... Half a million. 50,000, I'd say. 700,000. Hey! Laugh at me. (laughs) (laughs) Just off CES. Oh, what? (laughs) 700,000. Including 100,000 each from Toys R Us and Kmart. Wow. But now they had to actually put together a version that that they could retail for less than $100. Oh, my God. Ten, opposed, as opposed to ten thousand dollars, they took everything out of it. <laughs> they yeah, they uh, used conductive inks instead of fiber optics. And uh, apparently, mm. like uh, according to Wikipedia, again, it took only eight weeks to actually kind of do all the main kind of stuff. It seems insanely like quick, mm. but I guess they were shooting for a pre-Christmas release, <laughs> and they needed time to get the Nintendo seal of approval, hey. which somehow they did. I guess Nintendo, like, how did it even get the seal of approval, man? Well, I guess so. by this point, the Wizard was filming. Like, Wizard was filming June, July of '89. They had to really get out, like, mm. at this point, I guess. Uh, the finished version had NES buttons on the side and a D pad yeah. on the arm. I don't know why, because you're using your hand <laughs> to control it, but together with, like, nine program buttons, you had to press the right buttons before you started a game to make sure it was compatible with that game. Yes. How oh, weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you had to like, code it, yeah, to code yeah. it to make sure it, yeah. Well. It uh, did not come with any games, but there were two available special power glove games. A ball-based puzzle game called Super Glove Ball. Oh, yeah, where you grab the ball and throw it. Yeah, which came out in October 1990. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so 11 months after the power glove was released. And what was the other one? An adaptation of an old Commodore 64 beat-em-up called Bad Street Brawler. Commonly renowned as one of the worst ever NES games. Oh, wow. Wow. Uh, yeah, but it uses the power glove, so yeah. you know it's just like punch and stuff with it. So in regular show, they win the maximum glove, and what happens? Doesn't it turn into an ultimate thing, like transforming into something? No, that's how they win. Oh, After they uh, they basically get a home, and like they're playing this racing game, and he's going steer, steer, steer. He's going, I am. <laughs> yeah, and it keeps crashing, and they go like, this sucks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's so bad, literally. Yeah, that so was uh, a lot of people's experience with it. Like, so what actually went wrong with the power glove? It was really unresponsible. Like, really unresponsive. You had to calibrate the receivers for the glove to work properly, mm-hmm. but people didn't really know how to do that. 
Like, yeah, the, well, the, inst- the instructions might have, must have been bad because you know when you had to do it. Yeah, no one really like most people didn't really know how to calibrate the actual receivers to like so the glove would work. Yeah, uh, you also had to make a fist when turning the system on so you could pick up what was and wasn't a fist, like flex your fingers into a fist. Okay. But no one did that either. <laughs> <laughs> so like it just wouldn't respond properly, and kids had trouble with the programming buttons, like doing like putting the mic code in for each game. Mm-hmm. And you know, it probably just wasn't good tech. It was pretty yeah. cheaply made, yeah. I think. Uh, it looks great, though, right? Oh, yeah. Of course it does. Yeah. It's way looks, cool. Oh, beautiful. I think they got a professional design company in to kind of do all that. Uh, uh, but, you know, like you say that, how badly do you think the Power Glove did in the market? It didn't sell, well, it sold like a tenth, maybe, of those 700,000 <coughs> co- 700, copies. You must want to take a guess? I say 70,000. I don't know. Go on. I reckon it sold about 10,000, yeah. I don't know, rubbish amount. Uh, Wikipedia says 1 million units and Wrestling With Gaming claims 1.3 million. That so is ridiculous. It grossed $88 million according to AGE. Uh, it does seem a little sus given there are only two games for it and word of mouth was cancerous almost from the start. Mm. But apparently it sold very well in Japan where it got a tie into Robocop 2. Wow. I don't know how. Like, uh, what? Maybe, just, that, maybe just advertising or... Yeah, just yeah. like an adver- advertising tie-in. A bit like, I guess, The Wizard, but without the actual glove in it. That's so, that's so, it's so bad. Can you imagine there's a homebrew scene for it now? How crazy would that be? Yeah, people are adapting it for all kinds oh. of other kind of stuff. Oh, are they? Like okay. making music, uh, like programming, that kind of thing. <laughs> Dylan wants to do it. Well, there's a million out there that need to be used for See, something. See, they didn't know at the time that we'd still be using that line about the power glove. What? It's so bad. <laughs> Yeah. So Surely the, key, the key one of that is I love to power glove. I love to I love power, power, power glove. <laughs> it's so bad. Uh, or maybe this is the but I prefer two. Yeah, yeah. I, I want yeah. to. I want two power glove. <laughs> Uh, there was going to be a sequel to the Power Glove called the Turbo Glove, which would have been lighter. It just goes really fast. <laughs> I can't stop it. It's turbo uh, time. And would have had a keypad on a belt. And there was, and also there were going to be two other more dedicated Power Glove games. You want to guess who? Yeah, you want to want to guess who the software company was that was developing it? Camerica. No, they, <laughs> but they have been mentioned in this episode, or was it maybe the last episode? I can't remember. Capcom. Hmm. Uh. No, some. Uh, Someone less wide, a company less uh, popular than that. Sega? <laughs> Big Ben Productions. <laughs> Big Ben, Big ben Productions. A, co- uh, a, company le- a company less frequent than that. Uh, Tato? I don't know. Who? Wait, wait, that was a clue. What? Where? 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 Oh, yeah, apparently, oh, we're so we're developing clever. two games, which obviously never came out because the Power Glove was discontinued after about a year. Oh god! Man. So just to finish up with like this whole kind of thing, what is what everyone what does everyone think like the legacy of the Power Glove and Wizard is right now in 2019, 30 years on? Superb folklore, <laughs> but must never ever be repeated ever again. <laughs> oh, it's got a bad rap. It's almost a joke, but I think that's a bit harsh. I think the Power Glove's a joke. The film's actually pretty good. It's my view. Well, it helped to launch at least two A-list Hollywood careers. Mm-hmm. Uh, B list, well, B slash B minus music career. Sorry, Jenny, but can't like. Uh, yeah, it's it's you know I think like uh, you know Bro Bridges did well out of it. I think like Todd Holland did okay. I think it launched a lot of careers. I suppose the idea that a, of a video game movie became feasible as well. Yeah, that's true. You know, there was an audience for it, and like you know, no matter how terrible it was, Pete, the power levels are following because. It looks so awesome. Yeah. Like, you know, that one moment when Lucas has the power glove and he's doing it. <laughs> it's it like a cyber cool. hand, dude. It's like you've got a cyber, cyber hand. hand. Yeah. Do you know what? It's cool in the same way that when you're watching Karate Kid 
and like the Cobra Kai's and like the Cobra Kai stuff, or then those cool skeleton costumes, mm. you just think, I want to be the Cobra yeah. Kai so much more than I want to be uh, <laughs> yeah. Johnny. Yeah. No, no, Johnny. Johnny is one of Daniel. the Cobra Kai. Daniel. 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 Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's what I'm going with. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We really hope you enjoyed it. If you want to get in touch regarding this week's episode or anything else, you can tweet us at Arcade Attack UK, at Keith Barlow82, and at Arcade underscore Adriano. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash Arcade Attack UK. Please check out our website at arcadeattack.co.uk for lots of retro gaming goodness, interviews, reviews, features, top 10, etc. And you can also find all our previous podcasts there. Our podcasts are available to stream from the website and are available to download for free from Stitcher, Podbean and iTunes, where you can also leave us a review and a rating, which we would really, really appreciate. So until next time, take care and we'll speak to you soon.